Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Good morning. Hey, uh, let's pray before we dive in. Lord, come before you and. Uh, Father, I pray that you would just do what only you can do. Speak on the way you can speak. Move on the way you can move. Lord, as we look at a question that you asked to those closest to you, I pray that you would uh, awaken our own souls answers to that very question. Lord, I pray that the... Uh, Lord, my mind, my body, my soul, everything I do, everything I think about, everything I meditate on, will be acceptable and glory in your sight. Just in Jesus' name, amen. So um, normally I have a story to kind of open up, and uh, I actually did that first service. I can make a little pivot and change what that story looks like today, um, or the service uh, so um, two weeks ago, man, we kicked off this series, The Questions Jesus Asked. Pastor Dave kicked off week one uh, looking at, man, can, can worry add any time to our life? Last week, Pastor Brett looked at, uh, man, the fact that as Christians, we can be salty or, or, or uh, lose our saltiness. And how do we restore our saltiness? And um, I could have picked any question. And the question I picked for this, uh, this morning is extremely personal for me. Here's why. Um, about two years ago, there was probably a nine to 12 month period, so three years ago from three to two years, a uh, nine to 12 month period that was uh, really difficult for everybody else in my family except for me. For everybody else I was around, except for me. I was getting questions from my wife, comments like, uh, hey, you're physically present, but you're emotionally, mentally checked out. Where are you? Um, lots of questions like, hey, are you okay? And my response is, yes, I'm, I'm good, I'm fine. I'm are you sure? Lots of things in my life, lots of people in my life that all had this same theme of me simply just being asleep and being completely unaware of the fact that I was asleep to everybody in my life, including you. There was a night we're sitting on the couch and my wife wants to again express to me the fact that she feels like a single mom. Even though I'm married to her, we're in the same house and I am very much physically present. And she felt completely alone. And I remember asking her this question, do you love me? She was like, of course, what do you mean? I struggled to feel in my heart what I knew in my head. I knew for a fact my wife loved me, but in my heart, I didn't feel it. There was a disconnect from my heart and my mind, what I knew versus what I felt. And for about two hours, 
I just began to word vomit and process all of this stuff. And my wife is phenomenal at asking questions and helping me continue to process. I got to a moment that I realized that there was still a part of me that I was still trying to earn the love of Jesus. There was still a part of me that I was still trying to earn your love. There was still a part of me that, uh, my love language, one of them is words of affirmation. I didn't realize how much I was trying to earn the love of God. That if I preached good enough, he'd love me more. I was completely asleep to who God is, to his love, his grace, his mercy, his goodness in my life. Completely unaware of the fact that I was asleep. Today, the question we are going to look at is a moment where Jesus and his disciples are in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus will have this agonizing, painful prayer. And he will ask his disciples a very important question. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 22, verse 45. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into into temptation. See, the disciples in this moment are not asleep because it's a late night hour, and it definitely is. They are not asleep simply because it's been a long day, or they're not asleep because they just had the Passover meal and they're in a food coma. Luke makes it very clear. They are asleep because the sorrow that they feel. And Jesus' concern with them is not their physical state of being asleep. We read throughout the Gospels in Jesus' ministry that Jesus slept. He's not concerned about them physically being asleep. He is extremely concerned with them being spiritually asleep. And here's the thing is, is I think it's dangerous for Christians to be asleep, to be spiritually asleep, spiritual apathy. But here's what I, I think is the really dangerous part, is that we can be spiritually asleep and absolutely unaware of it. Have no idea that we are asleep. That's where I found myself completely unaware for a year that I was spiritually asleep and I'm a pastor. I think there's a couple of areas that cause us to be unaware of our, the fact that we're spiritually asleep. The first one is this, it's a lack of self-awareness. In Mark's account of the same passage, it says that Jesus went away a second time and when he came back, It says, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to answer him. Luke's account tells us, man, they are asleep because of the sorrow that they're feeling. They're asleep because the reality is hitting them that uh, their best friend, their Lord, their savior is gonna now go to the cross and they feel the grief, they feel the sorrow and Jesus asked them, why are you asleep? And they don't have an answer for him. I don't think it was like they intentionally went to sleep. I don't think that Jesus walked off and they hear this agonizing, painful prayer because scripture tells us like Jesus is a stone's throw away. It's not like he's five miles. They can't hear what's happening. This is a painful moment for Jesus. 
There's a, there's a cry that's happening there, like a cry you've never heard before. He is crying out to God the Father. They can hear the pain. They can hear the agony. When he comes back and there's, there's just drops of blood coming from his forehead, you can visibly see the weight that he is carrying. I don't think they voluntarily were like, damn, that's rough. Good night. I don't think they did it on purpose. I think it's very likely that they had no idea they fell asleep. If, if you're a parent, you ever, been, you ever had your kid and they were just so tired, beyond tired, and they're just losing it? And you know, if you just go to bed, everything will be better. And your kid goes from screaming their head off, doing the, and then boom, they're asleep, just passed out. Or maybe you've had one of those moments, deep grief and sorrow. And the next thing you know, you wake up eight hours later, don't remember even trying to fall asleep. It was just one of those deep cries and you just passed out. You woke up and you've got the lines on your face, drool all over the pillow, have no idea, don't even remember trying to go to bed. I think it's possible that's what happened with the disciples. I think they were lacking some self-awareness. And here's the thing about self-awareness. It's tricky because if you lack self-awareness, you are unaware of the fact that you're not self-aware, right? Like, you're not self-aware. You don't know you're not self-aware. And I think there's three different things, uh, really big things in our life that can cause us to lack self-awareness. The first one is stress. I think stress, both too much or too little, can cause us to, be self to lack self-awareness. Because when we have too much stress in our life, whether that's job and home life and things going on with our kids or our family, when we have too much stress in our life, our answer to everything is no. And typically, we are tuned out to everything else because my mind can only focus on all the stuff I've got to carry, everything I've got going on in my life. On the flip side of that, not enough stress in our life, which I think is really what is kind of dangerous in America. I think a lot of goal, like Americans, our goal is to have no stress. No stress leads to like boredom. Too much stress is burnout. Not enough or too little stress is boredom. And now we become this part of where we just are coasting on autopilot through life. We are now asleep to life, asleep to everything around us going on. Physically present, mentally and emotionally checked out of everything. We're just a warm body sitting in a chair, sitting on a couch, being around our family. But man, we are checked out. I think another one of those things is busyness. I don't know about you, but I feel like every time somebody asks me, hey, how are you doing? My response is busy. And I think a part of that is because if you think I am busy, then I'm being paid to do my job. If I were to respond to you like, oh, man, it's been a great week. I've been hanging out on the couch for the last like 80 hours, doing nothing. You'd fully question why I'm on staff at Life Church. Part of being busy or telling people we're busy, it feels good because people think that we're important. And that feels good. And I could be very, I could lack the awareness of the fact that now I think busyness equals godliness. You see, sometimes our busyness, even busy doing the things of God, can cause us to be very unaware of the fact that we are spiritually asleep. 
I did it for a year. Very busy with the things of God, completely unaware of the fact that I was spiritually asleep. And the third one is this, is our emotions. Emotions, right, they can either be too high, we're feeling everything at a very intense moment, and because we are feeling all those emotions, we are unaware of the emotions or the things happening around us. What's going on with our friends, our family, the people in our home, our community, the world, because we feel so much of the weight of the emotions we're carrying ourselves, we can't attend or be attentive to what's going on around us. On the flip side of that, we can bury our emotions, bottle them up, ignore them. And when that happens, we are also very unaware of what is happening around us. The disciples, Luke made it clear, they felt the sorrow. They felt the grief. They felt the heaviness of that. They fell asleep. You could also hide it all and be absolutely asleep. I think another thing that causes us to be unaware of the fact that we're asleep is our lack of authenticity. You see, I think when we lack authenticity, I think that's based in fear. Because here's the thing, is uh, if I'm authentic, you know the real me. You know my real struggles. I'm afraid of the rejection that may come with that. I think that happens in marriages and in homes we lack authenticity because I'm afraid that the spouse that says they love me, if they really knew me, they won't love me anymore. I'm afraid they're going to reject me. And I definitely think that that happens with God because I know scripture says like he knows every hair on our head and, and he formed us in our mother's womb and he knows every thought and action and everything about me. But if I could try to hide it and not be authentic with God, that feels a little bit better. It feels a little safer because I'm afraid that if I'm authentic with God, God might reject me because there is no way the loving, merciful, gracious God would actually love me if he knew the real me. There's a fear of rejection. I think there's also a fear of what I can't control because, man, if you really knew me, I no longer can control what you think of me. I'm terrified of that. So it's actually easier for me to just show up in person but have the social media profile rocking in front of you because now I can control what you think. I put out what I want you to see. I put out what I want you to think of me because now I can control that. Because if you know the fact that I was asleep for a year in ministry, in my marriage, as a dad, I'm terrified of what you might think of me. I have no control over that. See, I think there's a major problem when we lack authenticity with God. When we lack authenticity with God, I think we're robbing ourselves of experiencing the love, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness that we sing about, that we hear about, that we read about, but we don't get to experience it because there's a part of our life that we don't want God to touch, that we aren't allowing him to touch because we're trying to hide it. We sang that song, speak the name of Jesus, that there's healing power in the name of Jesus, that there's restoration in the name of Jesus. But when I lack authenticity, I'm not allowing the healing power of the, in the name of Jesus to penetrate my life. I'm missing the restoration power that God wants to do, but I don't want to be authentic. 
And I think another fear is accountability. There's that saying, ignorance is bliss. When I'm asleep, I can kind of be ignorant and not be held accountable for things. But when I'm awake and alive in Jesus, I am now accountable for everything in my life. I am now accountable for who I am as a dad, a husband, a son, a a pastor, a friend, a neighbor. I am now accountable for what I do with my time. I'm now accountable for how I handle my finances and resources. I am now accountable for who I am as an employee, an employer. I'm accountable for who I am as a neighbor. I'm accountable for every area in my life. And let's just be honest, it's easier to be asleep. Because here's the thing is when I'm asleep, I can do what I want my way, how I want to do it. When I'm asleep, I can be selfish. Here's what I know about about human beings in our flesh. We will do what is easy, not what's right or godly. We will go towards what is easiest. It is easier to to be selfish. It is easier to do what I want, how I want to do it, when I want to do it. It's easier. There's not even a thought process that goes into that. There's not even a conversation. Just what I want to do. Cool, let's do it. It is easier because now the world revolves around me, and now I don't have to be aware of what's going on around me, love the people around me. I don't have to deal with the fact that I've got my own issues. I'm good. Here's our last thing. Another thing I believe that causes us to be asleep and unaware of that is a lack of conviction. You see, when we lack conviction, we become very comfortable with sin. When we lack conviction, we start to compare our sin to others. And when we lack conviction, we don't recognize what sin is. We don't recognize its destructive power. We don't recognize how it wrecks our life and our people around us and our world. We don't recognize sin for what it is. Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is tricky. It lies, it deceives, it masks itself. Like sin doesn't just show up and be like, hey, I'm sin, here I am. It hides itself. It deceives us. It lies to us. And when sin gains a foothold in our life, it slowly, subtly, and gradually will harden our heart. Maybe you've been in those moments. uh, Maybe you've had an argument with your spouse, a family member, a friend, a coworker. You both went to bed angry. You woke up and that was still there, that tension. And then days, weeks, months, and years go by. And the only thought, emotion, or feeling you have toward that individual is completely negative. Sin has crept in slowly and subtly and hardened your heart towards that individual. And sin does that. It's patient. It'll creep in and slowly eat away at your heart. Slowly eat away at your soul. So you are now hardened towards people, church, God. It's where you see marriages. They don't even remember the fight. They don't even remember what caused it. It's been 5, 10, 20 years. They don't remember what started it but man, they know that they don't even like the person that they're sleeping next to. It's heartbreaking. 
You see, the habit of sin creeps up gradually and slowly, and it goes almost unnoticed until our standards start to relax. And what used to be sinful is now permissible. What used to be never okay is now, oh, it's all right. Everyone else is doing it. We fully miss what sin is causing and what it's doing in our life. We live in a self-congratulating, tolerant society where an environment that, that, that easily tolerates more ungodliness. And the next thing you know, we're completely asleep to what sin is doing in our own life, in our family, our community, and in our world. See, as a Christ follower, man, we should be very, very aware of the wretchedness and terribleness of sin in our life, how horrible it is for us, how damaging it is for our soul. We should fully feel the weight of that and at the same time experience the love, the grace, the mercy, forgiveness, the goodness of God. It should feel, oh my goodness, this weight, this sin. I'm wretched. I'm horrible. But man, God, you are good. Your love washes over that. Your grace washes over that. Your forgiveness, your mercy. Oh my goodness, you're amazing. We should feel both. Here's my question for you. If Jesus asked you, why are you asleep? What would your answer be? Would you even have an answer? I said at the very beginning, I believe the greatest danger for many Christians is not just simply being spiritually asleep. I think it's being unaware of the fact that we are spiritually asleep. It's a terrifying place to be. I think Satan smiles when he sees Christians completely unaware of the fact that they're asleep. I think he feels like he's done a good job. I was trying to figure out, how do you get out of that moment? How do you get out of the fact that, man, you're spiritually asleep? How do you become aware of it? And I was trying to come up with questions and stuff. And like I said at the very beginning, I, could, I didn't notice. At the time, it was really hard. But now I'm just blessed to recognize I've got a wife. I've got some friends. I've got a lead pastor who recognized it when I didn't and began to ask me, what's wrong with you? Thankfully, there's this awesome pastor named Tim Keller, who's way smarter than me, who spoke on this. And so I'm using his nine questions. Here's my challenge for you. Write them down, take pictures of them. Ask yourself these maybe quarterly, just a check-in to see, am I spiritually asleep and unaware of that fact? So let's look at those questions. How real has God been this week to your heart? How real has he been? How clear and vivid is your assurance and certainty of God's forgiveness and fatherly love? Are you having any particular seasons of sweet delight in God? Do you really sense his presence in your life? I could have really used that one. Have you been finding scripture to be alive and active? Are you finding certain biblical promises extremely precious and encouraging? Which ones? Be specific. Are you finding God challenging you and calling you to something through the word? If so, in what ways? 
Are you finding God's grace more glorious and moving now than you have in the past? And this is, might be my favorite one. Are you conscious of a growing sense of evil in your heart and in response, a growing dependence on and grasp of the preciousness of the mercy of God? Like I said before, we should be very aware of the wretchedness of our own heart. The sin, the brokenness of us, at the same time, be very aware of the amazing mercy of God. If you find yourself struggling to answer these questions, I think it begs the question, why are you asleep? You see, when we are spiritually and emotionally asleep, I think we're sleeping through life. Jesus is in the garden, wailing this painful, agonizing prayer. Father, if there's any other way for this cup to be passed from me, any other way for holy God to be joined with sinful man, if there is any other way to make that happen, let it be done. He is in the biggest battle of his life. And his closest friends are sleeping through it. You see, when we're spiritually asleep and we're sleeping through life, then what happens is, is we are not there for the people who are most important to us. They had spent three years with Jesus. And he doesn't ask them for anything. He's continually pouring into them. He said in Matthew, he said, my soul is grieving to the point of death. This is the hardest battle of my life. Can you be there? Can you pray with me? And they fall asleep. When we are spiritually asleep, we are un, we're not able to be there for the people that mean the most to us. We are sleeping through life. The disciples completely missed it. Sleeping through it. Three times he goes to pray. And every single time he comes back, he has to wake him up. The third time he says, wake up, the time has come. You missed it. When we are asleep spiritually and we are sleeping through life, we are missing the most important moments in life. This is the most important moment in all of human history. He's getting ready to go to the cross. Lord and Savior of the world, take the punishment I deserve to take. Live the life I couldn't live. Died for my sins. Rose again three days later. This is the most important moment of human history. And they sleep through it. When we're spiritually asleep, we miss the most important moments in life. I slept with my kids three, four years old. My youngest is first year of life. 
I slept through conversations my wife wanted to have. I slept through good and bad times with my family. I missed important moments with my family. I was completely unaware of it. I missed moments I can't get back. Even small things. I don't know what it is about my boys. Maybe it's because they're boys. But if I even take a knee on the ground, they think that is green light to just wrestle. Out of nowhere. My youngest one, he's like a pillow, so it doesn't really, you know, doesn't really hit you very hard. But my, my middle child, gospel, that boy packs a punch. And he comes in and about a foot away from you jumps and tucks his knees up and just body slams into you. There were a lot of moments that all my kids wanted to do was wrestle with dad. I was too asleep to notice. There was lots of moments that my wife just wanted to spend time with me, do a family walk. And I was physically present and asleep on the couch. Just mentally checked out. Some of you, you're spiritually asleep in the most important moments of your children's life. You are sleeping through the most important moments. You're sleeping through your marriage. You are sleeping through life. That's heartbreaking to me. Here's what I know. In the moments that I was asleep, and I began to wake up, what I feel like I should have got from my pastor, from my wife, from my kids, and most importantly, from Jesus, should have been probably some condemnation. 100%. And then I read what Jesus responded to the disciples when they were asleep. Rise and pray. It's a very compassionate response. If there was any time to wake somebody up by yelling at them, that was the moment. He could have, he fully would have been justified, slapping them on the face, throwing a cold bucket of water, whatever. If there was ever a moment to be awake and pray with somebody, that was the time. And Jesus softly puts his hand on their shoulder, just says, hey, wake up. Rise and pray. When that moment happened for me that night, sitting on the couch with my wife, there was amazing mercy, compassion, and grace from a very loving God. And I cried and just, I don't even know what to do now. It just feels very simple. Just rise and pray. Just come back to me. Come back to me. If you find yourself in that season now, you find yourself in that season in the future. You may feel nothing but guilt. 
And don't get me wrong, there's apologies that need to be had. There's repentance that needs to be had. But it's a God that's simply saying, let's wake up and come back. I love you. I know this has been rough. I know you fell asleep. Just come on back. I've been waiting for you to wake up. So happy to have you back. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, your compassion to me. Your soft hand on my shoulder waking me up. Lord, I thank you for, uh, and that is your response. Even in a moment that I am completely unaware of the fact that I am sleeping through life. Lord, I pray for, uh, Lord, I pray for us and that you would convict us, that you would wake us up whether we are in that season now or any time in the future. Lord, I pray that we would become more aware of the areas of our life that are causing us to sleep through life. Lord, I pray that uh, in the midst of that, in the moments that we're waking up, that you would get all the honor and glory And that it would just point people to the fact that you are a good, faithful, loving, gracious, merciful, compassionate God. And that your simple response is, wake up and pray. Come back to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.